the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church. And they look at people who they perceive are not as smart as they are, not as deep as they are, not as theological as they are. And as the weaker brother, they're miserable and they make people miserable. That's not who we're to be. When we're blessed beyond belief, we're to be rejoicing every day, realizing that we've received from Christ, through Christ, in Christ, by Christ, better than we've deserved. And we need to be rejoicing, and that joy needs to be evident to all. I can see the promised land, though there's pain within the plan. There is victory in the end. Your love is my battle cry, the answer for all my life. Every dragon will fall. The mountains will move Every chain of the past You've broken into All the fear of the lies We're singing the truth That nothing is impossible With you Oh, nothing is impossible Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so glad that you've chosen to spend this time with us today on the program. And as always, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's edition of Grace to Live, we are continuing with Pastor Keith's teaching series from the book of Ephesians. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with us today to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. And now, here's Pastor Keith with today's study. God set his love on them. You see this reiterated in Deuteronomy uh, 7, 6 through 7. He says, For you are a people holy to God, holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. It was not because you were in more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you, for you are the fewest of all the people. Like Israel, you and me, we, Paul, Paul had nothing to commend himself to God for. Therefore, he is blessed beyond belief that God chose him, that God, the Ephesians were blessed beyond belief that God chose them, and we are blessed beyond belief that God chose us. One of the New Testament examples of this type of thinking is uh, Jesus' comments that enraged the crowd after he fed the 5,000, where most of them abandoned him. And in John 6, Jesus offends his Jewish listeners. In John 6, 63 uh, through 65, it says this. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. So all that law-keeping didn't accomplish anything. The words that I've spoken to you are spirit and life, but there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning 
who those were who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. And verse 665, he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it was granted by the Father. And after that, we know many of the disciples stopped following him. Why? Well, people like to think that they're special, right? This is what we tell people today. Everybody's special. But in the end, we're not. Why all the outrage? Why all the disappointment with what we see here? We shouldn't, we shouldn't respond the way they did. We should respond with joy. One of the beautiful, most beautiful pictures of a happy response to the gospel is in Acts 13, 48, where the disciples, the apostle, is speaking to them about the fact that they have access to a heavenly home, even as Gentiles. And it says here in Acts 13, 48, and when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. It's gratitude. Some think sometimes that God is unfair when they, when they look at this doctrine, at this teaching in Ephesians and in Romans and in Galatians and all over the place or when Jesus teaches it. But if think, how, how do you respond to this idea of being picked, to this idea of being blessed beyond belief? You should respond with gratitude by way of application, with joy, with thanksgiving, like the Gentiles jumping to their feet. Rejoicing to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, that the pressure is off of you, that your salvation doesn't depend on somebody delivering to you the perfect gospel presentation in the perfect way, that your children's salvation doesn't depend on any Sunday school teacher or any pastor or preacher or even you. You have a role to play, right? To point them to Christ, to Explain the gospel. But God doesn't leave anything in this universe to chance, particularly someone's salvation. He's not going to leave it to me. He's not going to leave it to you. He's not going to leave it to anyone else. And so Paul can say, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing from or in heavenly places just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. We have been blessed beyond belief because God does not leave it to frail humanity to redeem a soul from the pit. And so we should be thankful. Be glad it was all up to God and not up to you. Be glad it is all up to God and not up to someone else. You are blessed beyond belief because you've been, number one, reality number one, is picked. And reality number two, you are blessed beyond belief because you've been what? Perfected. What does that mean? Perfected? Nobody in this room looks perfect to me, and I'm, I'm willing to wager I don't look perfect to you. But it's bigger than that. Look at verses 4 and 5, Ephesians 1, 4 and 5. When you read through this sometimes, we read it too quickly, and we miss what's there, the richness of the text and its clarity. Even as, just as, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. You know, we hear that God cannot and will not tolerate sin, that he will not look upon sin. And so, God chose us in him to be holy and blameless before him. 
predestining us for adoption of sons. What does it mean to be holy and blameless before God? Given his high standards, given his purity, his holiness, his abhorrence of sin. It means to be without blemish in his sight. It means to be without fault in his sight. It means to be without sin in his sight. All of which brings us to the question, well, how is that possible? Since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And given his standard for holiness and righteousness. And the answer is through Christ in verse 5. According to the purpose of his will. We've heard it said in many ways throughout the New and the Old Testament. But particularly here, I want to refer you to Hebrews 10.14. You see... Through Christ, you've been made righteous in the sight of God. He declares you righteous. When he looks at you, he sees Christ's righteousness. Christ's righteousness has been, they say, imputed, transferred to your account. And so you are holy and blameless before him. And in Hebrews 10, 14, we read this. For by a single offering, his sacrifice on the cross, he, Christ, has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. You've been perfected. Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him, through him, we might become the righteousness of God perfected. Blessed beyond belief. Declared righteous in the sight of God based on what his son has accomplished for you on the cross and through the power of his salvation. When he looks on us, he sees Christ's righteousness. Through Christ, once and for all sacrifice, we are holy and blameless in his sight. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ, through Christ, with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, even as he chose us in him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Christ Jesus, through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. And why did he choose to do it this way? God only knows. But we know his ways are perfect, We know that his ways, his thoughts are above our thoughts and notions and preconceived ideas. And we do know his character, don't we? He did it, verse 5, according to the purpose of his will. And he did what he did to make us holy and blameless before him. We've been perfected. We are blessed beyond belief because we've been perfected. You see this, and Jesse read this earlier, in Romans 8, 29. For those whom he foreknew, and that means to set his heart upon in advance, he also predestined to what? To be conformed, to be conformed to the image of his son, to be like Christ. You've been perfected. You've been blessed beyond belief. So what? Well, don't get mad, be glad. What do I mean? Be happy and grateful. Be a happy and grateful theologian. All Christians are theologians. The question is, what type of theologian will you be? A critical one? A happy one? I remember 
the Oscar Wilde's The Picture of Dorian Gray years and years and years ago in the 70s. I remember it's the last time I looked at it anyway. Um, and you know the story, right? Dorian Gray kind of makes this deal where he never ages. He always remains young and beautiful. But this portrait of him on the wall ages, and the more depraved he behaves, the more depraved the picture looks. And he becomes miserable at having received this gift. Well, it's not a perfect match, but a Christian should be rejoicing that he no longer looks like the picture, but that in God's sight, he looks like his son. Knowing how full, well, ugly he was before he was saved and how he is being transformed, how he has been transformed because of what Christ has done for him that he could not do for himself. He's made you holy and blameless in the sight of God, perfected. And so we need to be joyful at the work that the Spirit has done by transferring us from the kingdom of darkness into his marvelous light. We need to live lives of gratitude that exude gratitude. I mean, we have nothing. We, we can't look down on others. You know, sometimes you see the weaker brother or the weaker sister. Let's not just pick on the, on the men here. Who, they become a Christian. And after a couple of years, they think they've learned it all. And they look at people who they perceive are not as smart as they are, not as deep as they are, not as theological as they are. And as the weaker brother, they're miserable and they make people miserable. That's not who we're to be. When we're blessed beyond belief, we're to be rejoicing every day, realizing that we've received from Christ, through Christ, in Christ, by Christ, better than we've deserved. And we need to be rejoicing and that joy needs to be evident to all. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. You've been blessed beyond belief, friends, because you've been picked, because you've been perfected. And number three, reality number three, is you are blessed beyond belief because you've been preserved. Preserved. Where is that found? Look at verses 13 and 14. In him you also when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of that inheritance. That means until we go to heaven. To the praise of his glory. So what's it mean to be sealed? Well, the word there, the Greek word underlying the English word, means to be made secure. To be made secure. It means to be sealed, to locked into something securely. This is in part where we get the doctrine of eternal security, right? You can't lose your salvation. It wasn't yours to give in the first place. And Jesus picks, uh, picks up on this in John chapter 10. He talks about what it means to be uh, preserved. And in John 10, 27 to 30, we read this. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. And no one, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. You know, you've been, you're, you're, you've been doubly gripped. You've been and are being preserved, kept by God, 
in Christ firmly through his unbreakable grip. You cannot lose your salvation. You cannot give it away. You cannot have it taken from you. What does it mean that the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance? Other translations say pledge. Think of like earnest money. You know, you buy, when you try to buy a house anywhere, here in San Jose, anywhere, you give earnest money, and that holds the house until you ultimately consummate the sale. The Holy Spirit keeps us saved until the final redemption takes place where we die and go to heaven or until Christ returns to take us home at the end of the age. He is your guarantee. And who is the Holy Spirit, right? He's God. You are sealed secure by the power of God until God takes you home or Jesus Christ returns. Verses 13 and 14, sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. To the praise of his glory, you and I have been blessed beyond belief. The pressure is off in a way. You know, you and I sin daily. And if, and if you say that you haven't, well, you've committed your first one by not telling the truth, right? But once you're born again, you can't lose it. You can't have it taken away from you. Now, it may be that you were never saved. That term, you know, the way that you live sometimes reveals who you really are. But we are eternally secure. And one of the most beautiful pictures of that is in Romans 8, 28, or 8, 29 to 30. I, don't want, I want you not to miss this. I want you to look at what's going on here because there's a lot of confusion about this being preserved, right? Being kept, Romans 8, 29 to 30. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. You are blessed beyond belief because you've been preserved. Preserved. All those whom he predestined, all of those he called. Not some of them, right? Preserved. All of those whom he called, all of those he justified, declared righteous, right? Holy and blameless in his sight, perfected, preserved. All those he justified, all of those he glorified. So you're preserved because to be predestined, to be called, to be justified means that you will, you will be glorified. Some people try to say, well, you can lose, well if you can lose your salvation, it would read kind of like this. Some of those he predestined, some of those he called. And some of those whom he called, some of those he justified. And some of those he justified, some of those he saved, some of those he glorified. They'll be in heaven. That's not how it works. Because you have been securely sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the down payment, the guarantee of your ultimate redemption, of your internal inheritance, you are and will be preserved. Sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance. That's what the word of God says. You are blessed beyond belief because you've been picked. You are blessed beyond belief because you've been perfected. And you are blessed beyond belief because you've been preserved. How then shall we think and live? Let me give you some suggestions for application. Number one, be thankful. Be thankful that your salvation didn't depend on somebody like me. Where would you be then? Be thankful that your salvation didn't depend on somebody, whoever it was that led you to Christ. 
it didn't require them to give the absolute, perfect, flawless, perfectly inflected, good hair, good teeth, good clothes. I'm none of those. I just was gesturing there. For you to come to Christ, okay? Number two, and I've quoted him earlier uh, in earlier sermons, the Roman orator Cicero, who famously said, ask not what you can do for your country, but ask what you can do, not, I'm sorry, not ask what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. That was Cicero, by the way. Let's improve on that idea and work by way of application. Ask not what God can do for you, but ask what you can do for God, how you can serve him here and elsewhere in light of being blessed beyond belief in response to so great a salvation. Serve him faithfully, intentionally, enduringly. And number three, as you seek to evangelize, do so without fear or dread, but with the expectation that knowing God, he'll do the heavy lifting. The pressure is off. You just deliver the mail. They, they will or won't have to read it. You deliver the power bill like a postal carrier. You don't stand over them and make them write a check. You deliver the message and let the Spirit of God do the rest. And number four, be at peace. Know that nothing can separate you from the love of God. You are his forever, forever. And while difficult times may come and you may have the occasional dry season, that dry season doesn't mean you lost something. Where's my salvation? I lost it somewhere. Now, again, you may have never been saved. There are people who pray a prayer when they're eight years old and they never darken the church again for the next 40 years and they want to believe that they're saved. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about a struggling imperfect everyday Christian who seeks to live in love for God and sometimes does dumb things. You cannot lose your salvation. Nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ. And finally, dwell on this. You have been exposed to the word of truth. The world will tell you other things. Your emotions will tell you other things. But in the end, cling to what is true. This world is a difficult world. It is a broken world. It is a discouraging world. It's a brutal world. But you've been picked. You've been perfected in God's sight. You've been preserved. And you are his. And he will not let you be ripped from his hand. He He will see you safely home. And no matter what happens, you have to cling to what is true in the tough times. You have to remember what is true. You cannot let Satan or this world make you look to the left or the right. You have to keep your eyes on God. And no matter what people tell you about you or anything else, cling to what is true. You have been blessed beyond belief. And that is something that we can rejoice in with Paul. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing from heavenly places. That is something to rejoice in, something to celebrate. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you always treat us better than we deserve. And here we are, blessed beyond belief, picked, perfected, preserved for all time, for all eternity, not through any righteousness or any choice that was resident in ourselves, but all because of you. And so we give you glory. We 
We bless your name because you have blessed us, Lord. As it says in 1 John, it's not that we first loved him, but he first loved us. And you've loved us from eternity past, not because we were special, but because you chose to. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Keith Crosby on today's edition of Grace to Live. We are so blessed that you've chosen to spend time with us today studying God's Word. And if you'd like more information on Pastor Keith or Hillside Church, here's how you can connect with us. Our mailing address is 545 Hillsdale Avenue in San Jose, California, 95136. The church office telephone line is area code 408 269 4782. And you can connect with us on our website, which is gracetoliveradio.org. There you can check out archived messages of past sermons and also listen to Pastor Keith's weekly blog. And please remember that the Grace to Live Radio program is a listener supported ministry outreach of Hillside Church if you'd like to partner with us financially. Again, all of these things are available to you on our website, gracetoliveradio.org. Also, I'd like to remind you that Pastor Keith and the staff here at Hillside always look forward to hearing from you. So if you'd like to drop us a note, you can email us here at keith at hillside.org. Well, we hope that you'll join us again next time for Grace to Live. But until then, I'm your host, Kevin Reeves. And on behalf of Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church, it is our prayer that the Lord will richly bless you. And thanks for listening. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.